Welcome to the inner world of filmmaking. I'm your host, Tammy McGarrow. I'm a writer, director, editor, and a podcast producer. In this show, I will interview filmmakers in all facets of production and distribution. I'm so excited to be talking with the lead booking agent, Caroline Radiker from Shaman Freitas Modeling and Talent Agency. Welcome, Caroline. So happy to have you on the show today. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah, I'm super, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So let's start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself and what led you to becoming a booking agent. Yeah, it's a really good question. I, you know, I would be lying if I had like a more direct route. Like I I feel like a lot of people my age and younger, the, you know, millennials and younger cohort, we all kind of have these like unusual professional trajectories. So yeah, my undergraduate degrees in history of Latin America and critical gender studies. So not the most relevant to um, the industry, possibly just kind of like a different thing entirely. To answer the question, I mean, honestly, I've done it all. I've I've had, um, you know, several careers already at this point. I landed at Shaman Freitas, I think about six years ago now. And I was super interested and, and just kind of grew in the position and have, um, you know, become the lead booking agent over time. But yeah, I actually didn't have too much of an industry connection um, prior to working here. And I think that that's a little bit unusual for agents. Um, agents, you know, often have acting or modeling backgrounds themselves. The um, current owner of the agency, she had a background in modeling. And so that's kind of how you know, the origin story of the agency itself. Yeah, before doing this, I was teaching writing to college students, so different thing entirely. <laughs> but yeah. I love the work. It's yeah, it is kind of interesting what leads us to where we go and then sometimes turns around and comes back again. You know, we might go Absolutely. off on tangents. I was I was a nerdy, you know, little theater kid as a but, you know, many of us were and many of us don't end up being agents or working in the industry, but yeah, definitely a tangential only personal connection, but now I love it and feel very immersed. And I hear about you all the time amongst actors. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Everybody love knows that. you. <laughs> Definitely. We've got some great folks in the community for sure. Why don't you tell us what a booking agent does? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, a booking agent primarily books talent, right? So um, that sounds maybe overly simplistic, as opposed to maybe other parts of your representation team, like a talent manager. A Booking agent is primarily focused on getting you paid gigs um, in the industry. So, you know, acting or, you know, as the case, maybe we, we represent other categories too. So I would say like print for our models and voiceover as well. Yeah, they're focused on getting you um, paid work that's relevant to your creative and professional pursuits and they um, protect your professional interests. So um, a lot of my day is spent, you know, negotiating terms with, with clients, you know, making sure we're keeping those rates competitive and negotiating usage and, you know, travel or whatever other parts of a contract that might be at play for a given job, looking at, you know, media releases. So just kind of participating in activities that like protect our talent as, um, you know, professional actors. So making sure that they're making career decisions that uh, bolster them and help them and are good for them, um, as opposed to, you know, doing something that might be harmful to their career in the long term. And finally, you know, um, a booking agent will also probably do some work with regards to like in advising you on your materials. You're putting a new cut of your reel together and you send it to me and you, you know, want my feedback about like the order of clips or, you know, what I think should be priority or, you know, how to kind of edit that down. Or of course, you know, weighing in on headshots and all that kind of good stuff, giving kind of advice about materials and, you know, what's going to make you most competitive in the market. Oh, that's great. So yeah. um, what do you look for when you're signing new talent? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, it's it's kind of multifaceted. There's a lot going on there. Like, I mean, first and foremost, like I like people who are good to work with. So I'm looking for, um, you know, work ethic and communication and, um, you know, those kind of intangible, but, you know, really measurable things when you're emailing back and forth with someone, or if you hop on a phone call, there's a lot you can kind of pick up intuitively of like, do I want to work with this person? Um, you know, I, most agents, like they don't want to work with divas of any kind. So like, that's, um, the first kind of priority I have. And then of course, after that comes all the stuff that's more, you know, I think the actors think a lot about, which is what's on their resume, you know, um, you know, technique and, um, what kind of materials they can present, what level of skill they're operating at. And then finally, but this, this one's, I think a little bit like tough for actors to hear sometimes, but it's definitely the truth that like type, you know, rules the day a lot of times when it comes to agents, you know, signing new talent. So that's a huge thing for me. Like, you know, we're very lucky to like over time have cultivated like a really amazing roster. Um, I have such a strong on-camera roster as it is. And so I'm not wanting to create unnecessary competition for the people that I already represent. So when I'm signing a new talent, I'm looking for them um, to kind of fill a gap that I have in my roster that is not, you know, a need um, to, to meet a need that um, my clients have um, that's not currently being met by my talent roster. So that's a big part of it. Like, honestly, I always tell actors, like, if an agency says no to you, you know, day in the life, right? <laughs> to right. be an actor is to deal with a lot of rejection. But a lot of times what that decision might come down to is not that you're not good enough or that your resume is not impressive enough. A lot of times what that's going to come back to is you know, maybe I already have someone who's just a little too similar to you, you know? Um, and I, and I want to be loyal to that first person and also not just do the work of like signing another talent who I don't like need, um, right. looking to fill our gaps. Yeah. Does that answer your question? I feel like I did. Yeah, a lot no, there. no, I think okay. it did. Yeah. And I find it interesting because I'm sure that it must be discouraging for actors when they go on auditions mm -hmm. and don't get things. But this is the game is you have to keep showing up and one day you're going to get the right part. That's going to be a good match for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. For sure. I think, you know, a lot of people have made this kind of analogy, but it's, you know, being an actor is um, in many ways, it's like being on, you know, the dating apps or whatever it's going to, it's mostly going to be no's both on your part and on the part of other people. And then you're going to, you know, occasionally hit that golden kind of opportunity for which you're just perfectly suited and um, you book it. But yeah, I can't, I can't tell you how many times people have felt like they're like, oh, I nailed that audition, Caroline. Like, I'm totally going to get that one. And I'm like, nope, nope. Like, don't like, don't say it. Knock on wood. You know, it's, it's um, oftentimes the auditions you think you're going to get, you don't book. And then sometimes you walk out of the room and you're like, man, like that wasn't the one for me. And then you'll book that one. So definitely recommend having, you know, a robust sense of self and, and resilience, you know, just knowing that the right person's going to book you. Yeah. And also it's to, to never stop. If this is something that you really love, you know, you keep pursuing it. And Absolutely. you work hard and you keep doing other short films or keep in the loop of um, always being active because that adds to your reel. And then you never know what opportunities. And I think the other thing is networking. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really important to network wherever you are. Completely agree. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, really good advice is to just treat absolutely everyone that you meet in life, but particularly 
on set, you know, in an agent's office, like anyone that you're talking to be excellent in all of your interpersonal dealings, because you have no idea who in five years is going to be the new casting director or, (laughs) um, you know, lead booking agent. So definitely that's, I totally recommend. Yeah, for sure. Making those personal connections. So at what point should an actor look for representation? Goodness, that's such a good question. Yeah, I think that that's a really good question because I think that some people do pursue it prematurely. Well, I guess it's more like it's, I don't think there's too early to have an agent in terms of like, if you're able to sign with somebody, that's not going to hurt you, right? Um, That can only help. So I think that um, if you feel really good about an agency, if you get invited to interview with an agent and um, you have that meeting and it goes well and you feel kind of, again, with like the online dating analogy or the app dating, like if you feel comfortable, if you feel safe in that interaction, you feel like you trust that person and, you know, it's really um, a compatibility and kind of um, chemistry thing that you should have with your agent as well. Um, If you feel good about it and they offer you representation, sign. I mean, certainly be selective and interview with as many people as you can or whatever, but I don't think there's like too early in that sense, if you can get it. But from an agent's perspective, of course, there's too early, you know, okay, sometimes people submit to me and I'm like, hey, well, call me when you've done some work, you know? Um, Yeah. So, so definitely most agencies are going to be selective in terms of like, you know, you have to have shown commitment to this practice um, before getting representation. Usually you need to, um, have taken your classes, you know, um, done your training, have your technique, have some stuff on your resume. It doesn't need to be um, completely decked out or, you know, um, definitely don't like exaggerate or pad or whatever. Uh, Show that you've, you've done the work of booking yourself. I mean, the vast majority of agents who do, rather the vast majority of actors who do sign with agents, like they've been self-booking, they've been self-submitting and, and booking themselves on, on some projects before they're going to get representations. So they that's do not need- to say I occasionally sign someone who's pretty green and that's because I see something really special in them and because they're a rare type. Right. You now, know? do you look for actors? Do you poach people or is it mostly mm-hmm. people coming through the agency and then therefore you're making a, a decision? Yeah, usually um, the main ways that we find actors and sign them um, are submissions and boxes, the big ones. So people are always soliciting and, you know, trying to get our attention. So we have an inbox and that's, um, you know, maybe probably a majority of people that we sign um, reach out to us with their materials and are trying to get representation through us. Um, We also go to all the local showcases, get invitations to those. So we go and see people, you know, in in the flesh. And then a lot of times we, you know, talk to their acting teacher and we're like, we're we're interested in these couple people, you know, and have them reach out to us occasionally I well I mean some talent invite me to plays and stuff and I'll go to the plays and if they have a cast member who I like I'll be like hey they interested in rep I mean we have the luxury of having a lot of interest so I a lot of it is is passive it's those who come to us we're kind of selective with that and there's a lot of referrals too I should say too there's a lot of people who are just like hey I worked with this person on set they're amazing like they also want San Diego rep and like I, I thought they were excellent and you know are you interested kind of thing. So those are the major ways that yeah. we're meeting new actors. Oh, that's, yeah. that's great. That must be fun. It's very fun. Yeah, for sure. Actors are a lovely bunch of people. It's fantastic to get to meet so many of them. So uh, what types of job does the agency get a client? Yeah, it's a good question. So is this a San Diego specific 
podcast? No, it's not. It's Southern California. Got it. Yeah, yeah, it's all um, over. It's, it's all, all over, over huh? right? But we're talking. I mean, I guess we're. we're you you in can the talk that it is industry down here. Yeah, yeah. You could be saying it's San Diego specific, but for sure. So, so our agency is based in San Diego, and so um, we don't exclusively book here, but we do, you know, focus on the local market. Although we also book like in LA and Orange County and beyond as well. But San Diego currently doesn't have a TV or film commission. Unfortunately, we did back in the day, but we don't have one right now. Um, And so for that reason, there's no real like incentivizing body to like get uh, filmmakers to come here and shoot their features or series. So um, occasionally stuff does come through town, but the vast majority of um, bookings that we're getting for actors are, you know, commercial and industrial are the main categories of jobs that we're booking actors on. And what that looks like varies widely, right? So like, you know, industrials are obviously... um, that's internal um, material that's aimed usually at like employees or students. So maybe it's like training videos for medical students or for social work students. And so um, our actors that are booked on those projects are playing, you know, doctors and patients or something like that, all the way to like being like an on-camera host for, um, you know, industrial videos for, you know, a car company, you know, like a global car company, and they have a new car on the market. And so they're doing like videos where they're describing all like the new product features so that they're training their employees and getting educated about their new um, line. So that's the kind of industrial end of things. And then the um, probably slightly, you know, sexier version is is, um, commercials. That's actually a very broad category. It's consumer facing is really what we mean by that. So it can certainly be the kind of traditional broadcast um, commercial. We do book a lot of those, um, but we also just book a lot that's for like OTT or streaming or for um, different like web platforms. Um, so the, you know, the web commercial is obviously um, something that there's a lot of, um, a lot of people shooting web commercials. So, and then, you know, that's also like ranging from, you know, pretty local stuff to, you know, national or um, global projects as well. So kind of runs the gamut for sure. Um, and then occasionally some, we book actors on print jobs occasionally as well. Although most actors aren't models per se, there are, you know, increasingly brands who are booking like more accessible or real people or, you know, people who aren't quite as aspirational as your more traditional model types. Yeah. And then there's also like, even this isn't what the majority of our bookings would be, but, um, We'll do like live activations or immersive, you know, theater kind of projects. San Diego Comic-Con obviously is a big thing every year. And um, a lot of times clients will come to us to, you know, hire actors to um, populate their activations at Comic-Con for, you know, major series and stuff. So that's always kind of fun. And we do motion capture and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, commercial acting is a little bit different. So. It's it's kind of an interesting breed because you may not always get lines. So mm, it's kind sure. of a different type of acting where you have to do looks and uh, movement and stuff. So it is kind of a cool thing for actors to do a, a, something a little different than the yeah. film role. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think commercial acting has its own kind of like joys and also challenges for sure. And I think that um, it's harder. It's much harder than it looks, I think. I bet. <laughs> and def- yeah, yeah. I think you're right because you are, the onus is on, um, you know, your face and like body and movement to, um, you know, kind of do all of the work, all of the acting work that's that's being done. Yeah. Yeah. Now, due to the pandemic, how mm-hmm. has it changed auditions? 
And how are they being done now that we're slowly coming out of it? Are we still online? Yeah, it's a good question. So definitely self-taped auditions still rule the day. And I don't see that going anywhere anytime soon. And honestly, it was even pre-pandemic. Like that was like a major trend, I would say even two or three years before COVID. Um, And COVID just kind of, you know, cinched the deal where it's like, I mean, honestly, I've I've only sent people to a handful of in-person auditions in the last couple of years. Almost everything's via self-tape or direct booking, you know, using reels as well. Sometimes clients will, or casting directors will do you know, callbacks or chemistry reads over Zoom um, as, you know, kind of a second step in the casting process or occasionally an in-person callback. But yeah, self-taped auditions are really, actors are doing a lot of those these days. Yeah. Okay. So then you have the self-tape and the reel. Now the reel Mm -hmm. is actors' previous works put together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So clients can either, they have a choice between having a self-tape, which would be more directed to what they're looking for, for that commercial, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. A self-taped audition is, is it's, um, you know, it's taped by the actors themselves, like at their homes usually. And, you know, kind of, I mean, sent via email, you know, sent digitally, but outside of that, it's an audition. It's, it's distinct from a reel in the sense that it's um, project specific, like actors are being given, um, you know, direction and sides um, that have to do with the particular project. And honestly, like, you know, we definitely, I love a good reel and I try to book my actors off reels whenever possible. And we certainly do do that, but I feel like there's been because of this paradigm shift, like towards self-taped auditions, I feel like clients and casting directors have increasingly gotten accustomed to using those instead. You know, it's it's kind of like, why would we use a reel if we can see, if we can compare apples to apples, see everybody do the same thing um, who's in, you know, our potential pool and also see, you know, the way that they would develop this particular character or deliver these particular sides. It just kind of gives them like a more concrete and specific, I think, insight into an actor's appropriateness for a a particular project. It would be interesting to see 10, 15 people doing the same thing. It's like, hmm, which one's better, you know? (laughs) It's absolutely. And selfishly, I mean, I know that self-taped auditions in some ways, like, put a lot of onus on the actor like it definitely puts um you know puts the actor in the position of like okay like now I'm like a director and an editor and you know all these other things so I understand that kind of difficulty but selfishly as an agent I love self-taped auditions in the sense that like I get so much more insight now than I used to into how each of my actors is doing how they're developing the choices that they're making because I get to see all those before I send them off exactly like you're saying getting to see a batch of 10 or 15 people do the same thing and you know have that insight into their particular performance is really rewarding and how is it when you're looking at an actor's reel I mean do you ever go uh you need to take that out that doesn't oh for sure (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely the biggest thing with reels is that I don't think people I don't think actors, because of course, like this is their footage. This represents like their life's work. It's so precious to them. I totally understand that. And it's also like attention spans are short, you know, like you want to keep it really tight. You better know that, um, you know, it's a lot of people aren't going to get past the first 25, 30 seconds of a reel. So yeah, putting your best material up front and keeping it like really tightly edited. Like I, if I'm seeing another person's face in your reel, like that's, you might be doing something wrong. Like I don't, narrative context doesn't really matter. <laughs> Just, right. We're looking for you, you know, and the kind of range that you can provide for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And keep it and, short. And, 
more is not always more. Right. Exactly. Like there are certain things it's like you want to just flex having had done all these projects, but it might not flatter you in the best possible way. Or maybe you're like playing against like type in a way that I don't feel like it's going to be productive for like pitching you to other clients or, or it's just, you know, occasionally like, oh, well, this clip is like the production quality on this is like way less than the other clips you have. And so it's just kind of distracting and like a weird, just doesn't flow totally right. So yeah, there's lots of considerations to make there, but. So should they keep it to around a minute or under two? Like, is there a time that it should be? Absolutely. Yeah. I think a minute to two is, is pretty appropriate for sure. I think it can go over to slightly if you have the material to justify it. It should only be as long as it is excellent. You know what I mean? Absolutely no fluff. If you're not sure about a particular clip, like less is more, best material only. And do you think that they have to be speaking the whole time or could there be music and more dramatics? (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely don't need to be speaking the whole time for sure. If you're doing, um, you know, if you're doing a lot of, you know, emotional work that you're communicating otherwise, like, no, definitely doesn't need to be speaking, but it does need to be concentrated and like meaningful, you know, <laughs> give, give someone meaningful insight into the kind of performer that you are and what you're capable of. Yeah. Right. And um, should they not mix comedy with drama? Yeah, good question. It's not that you can't do any mixing. It it really, I think, would depend on the specific content. Like, I don't know, not like drama, drama. I've occasionally seen reels where it's like, you know, you've got like a super dramatic, like somebody's super dramatic short film where you're screaming and holding a shotgun and like holding it to some, like that I probably would not, you know, intersperse with any <laughs> comedy, um, but something that's more relational or something like that. And then tempered with uh, something that's, you know, not a super broad slapstick comedy. Like, I think it's kind of hard to say like definitively yes or no, you can't mix, but generally speaking, um, the goal is to eventually have enough footage of each so that you can keep these reels distinct, right. And have a dramatic reel and have a comedy reel and have a commercial reel. That's something that has to be worked towards. Obviously it's not something that everybody has for a while. Right. So if you don't have enough to have one or the other, just Mm -hmm. hopefully you're not going to extremes. In yes. both. If you can have that evenness going through it, then it's like, okay, you can mix some comedy with some drama. Yes, yeah. I think so. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I loved your video on the agency's website. You gave some tips for self-tape auditions. Do you mind just giving us a couple tips that you did? And, and then we can refer them back to the website so that they could see oh, your yeah. whole video. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think that, like I was kind of saying before, Self-taping is absolutely the most critical and, you know, crucial kind of skill that an actor can have um, in their skill set. It's just um, the competition is fierce. Like I tell you, people have been honing their skills. And so other actors that you're in direct competition with are putting together some pretty amazing self-tapes. So I think that that's like, that's really something people need to focus on developing if they haven't already kind of, you know, really worked on that. Yeah. In terms of self-taped auditions, I don't know. What kinds of tips should I share? Which, um, which ones in particular do you think are helpful? Okay. Be lit. Uh, maybe wardrobe. Mm. Give the, the pros and cons yeah. of wardrobe. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You mentioned lighting at first. I think lighting is super critical. I mean, we live in like, you know, Instagram era, like people look amazing all the time because of the lighting choices that they make. So definitely super important. The most basic way to accomplish that is um, to have, you know, two light sources um, kind of in front of you and to the side. So like one to the 
right into the front of you and one to the left to the front of you and have both of those, you know, casting on you so that it's eliminating any harsh shadows on your face. That can be accomplished through like soft boxes or through a ring light certainly is like a popular option for a lot of people. In the absence of having those, if you're kind of like in a pinch, you're in a hotel room and you didn't bring your ring light or you just like really are not in a place to like make these investments right now, um, natural lighting is going to be your friend. So get yourself in front of like a big window, big glass, sliding glass doors or whatever. So it's all kind of coming in and that's, it's just um, kind of raining in on your face. So you can, you can shoot in that direction. So that's the kind of lighting piece. And then you mentioned the wardrobe piece. Yeah. Wardrobe is a fun one. Like you don't want to go over the top. Like you don't need to be like distracting with it. Occasionally it's like, it can be too much, you know, it can be a little extra, but in general, I think that having some wardrobe is a really good idea. So all this means is like that you're digging into your closet to like find, you know, a piece or two that you already own that is like most suggestive of, um, you know, the character that you're trying to play. I think that that does a couple of things. I think it, um, A of all just demonstrates like effort and care and consideration, like thought about this like i'm i'm making some choices i'm i'm demonstrating like a level of understanding about um who this person is and i'm showing you that i understand that and um it also really gives us and and casting and whoever else the opportunity to see you in that character so i definitely think uh that can be a really productive choice like maybe it's just you know, a dramatic scarf for a dramatic character or something like that, something to kind of play with and only use wardrobe to enhance your self tape if you're, if it's going to contribute to the overall performance, right? If it's going to be distracting to the viewer or distracting to you, like you just feel super uncomfortable and like you're not giving your best performance because you're wearing something that's like weirdly too tight or something like that, unless that's supposed to be like a bit that you're committing to or something, maybe skip it. Like it's not the most important thing. Your performance is the most important thing. Um, and then other tips with wardrobe, um, just be careful to avoid like tight, busy patterns. Um, you're going to want to think about like the background that you have um, in back of you, which, you know, ideally is like a non-reflective and non-distracting background. So if you have like a gallery wall at your house, like that's super cute, but like probably not the best for a self tape. Ideally you have a backdrop that's like gray or blue. That's like the best thing you could possibly have in the absence of that, just like a clean, like clear wall back of you. If you can avoid white, that's good. Um, I'm like definitely not taking my own advice here because it's not amazing for people's skin, but um, that's the kind of general advice. I'm not even, I'm still talking about wardrobe, but I started talking about backdrops. And well, no, that's good because you don't want to blend into your backdrop. Exactly. That's, that's the kind of point, right? You don't want to um, camouflage in with your backdrop. (laughs) Um, And uh, other things like jewel tones tend to work really well on people. um, So that's something that we definitely recommend. And then of course, like this, you know, avoid um, anything too flashy sequins we say like that's that can be pretty a lot um and also anything you don't want to like inadvertently unless it's the role you don't want to inadvertently um suggest nudity or anything so like tube tops and stuff like maybe not so much and what about a mic what if you're should Mm. you have a mic because i know that sound is very important Yeah, definitely. Sound is super, super important. I completely agree with you. And yeah, basically, like I would say, if you can make the investment, a mini directional mic, you know, a a road mic, um, those are really good investments for an actor to make at some point. 
anything helps. If you have a lapel mic, use that. And if you don't have a mic, that's just not where you're at at the moment, either because of your, you know, physical environment. Again, you're trapped on vacation and didn't know you were going to self-tape or um, you just can't make this investment right now. Then, you know, just make sure that you are in the most otherwise optimal um, sound environment. So, um, you know, avoid any rooms that have echoes and obviously make sure you're in like a very quiet place like watch yourself tape, like watch it back. Cause sometimes the audio just gets like super, there's some sort of technical issue that makes it really drop out and sound really low. And obviously that's not going to be super usable to anybody. And it would be a shame to like have yourself tape basically not watched because it's, it's, you know, not appropriately audible, but yeah, I definitely think that probably even more than a, a backdrop, like investing in a decent mic is a really, really good idea. Yeah. And with, yeah. um, with iPhones today, you can get yeah. the, um, mic on it, you know, the wireless that I just absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. You can just like clip it directly onto the iPhone. Like it doesn't, it's really nothing too crazy. This stuff is pretty accessible. It's, it's like affordable and, you know, accessible. You don't have to be like a major nerd of any kind to, to figure it out. Yeah. Well, go check it out. Um, what's the website that they should go to? Oh, yeah. So our website is shamanfreitas.com. Um, and then there's a tab called Become Talent. That's like our submissions tab. It gives people, you know, kind of a sense of what we need to see in terms of materials in order to consider signing them. And we have a video on there, um, you know, an embedded YouTube video that's called self-taped audition tips because we needed folks to to step up their submissions and everything. So yeah, you will see a whole lot more of me talking about self-tapes on there. Right. Any last comments you want to mention or any um, tips that you can give to actors for either self-tapes, reels, or anything with getting mm. getting roles? Yeah. Do, do you have any do's or don'ts? Like, or, or mm. maybe we start with what doesn't work because like what they mm-hmm. shouldn't do? Right. What they shouldn't do for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing for self-tapes is taking advantage of this opportunity that you have. Something is lost in the age of self-tapes and that's because, you know, acting is um, a social and relational medium. So people really enjoy being able to do it in front of other human beings. And I really understand that. So there is this sense of loss that some actors have or not, you know, doing the in-person auditions anymore. However, I would really say that self-taped auditioning does have, um, you know, unique affordances and benefits that we can take advantage of. And the most obvious one is that like, you can do it until you nail it. So nail it, retake it, retape it, make different choices, send your agents options. If you want, you know, don't send me 10 options, do like have some, have some editorial sense, cut out, you know, the stuff that I don't want to see, but be a perfectionist. You know, you have, you have the luxury of doing this. I mean, it's it, in the old days, you'd walk into a room and if you, even if you'd worked so, so hard to prepare for an audition and you just happen to choke because you, you know, were caught in traffic that morning or whatever, that's it. You're done. You didn't get the job. You know, you have the opportunity now to like knock it out of the park and really improve your chances of booking something. So if you're not happy with it, I'm not happy with it. Don't send it to me, <laughs> you know, yeah. get it right. I would say another big thing for self-taping is to make choices and commit to them. Even if it's a little bit bolder, I think that um, agents and casting directors, they want people to see your take on it. So don't necessarily play it, you know, totally safe or conservative. Like if you want to take a little bit of a risk, you can do that. Make some choices, decide who this person is and show us. I've found that like, 
creativity is very much rewarded um, in the self-tape game. A lot of my best um, bookers are my best self-tapers and what they do is they go for it. You know, they make choices, the choices and they go for it. So yeah, those would be like some of my best practices. There's so many steps in the process that you can get, you know, kind of overlooked. So just like, don't let yourself get overlooked. Like, you know, make those choices and send in the best possible stuff. Because honestly, even I, as your agent, like, even if you've submitted your self tape, doesn't mean I'm going to send it to the next person. If I don't feel like you're giving your best effort or reflecting me or the, you know, the agency well, or reflecting yourself well. Do you give Um, them that criticism? Constructive um, criticism? it, It depends. It depends. Sometimes. Yes, for sure. If it's asked for, definitely. I mean, every actor knows that it can be like, dreadfully hard to get feedback um, or constructive criticism. I mean, to be honest, I definitely don't do it all the time because it, who has the time? We have so much volume that we're working with. If we did that right. for every person, it would just be a lot. But definitely if it's a pattern, definitely if I'm noticing, you know, um, a pattern with an actor, for sure, I'm going to be like, hey, like what's going on? Like, I need you to step it up, you know? In general, people do, you know, put their best foot forward for sure. Um, so that's that's good. Yeah, that would be a good video to watch the top 10 best self tapes to yeah. see what people are doing. Yeah. That makes them the best. And why? Why are they the best? You know? Absolutely, for sure. This definitely isn't that necessarily, but the video that we just referred to on people's websites, like we do have like kind of um, small clips like embedded in it of some of our, um, you know, best self tapers um, kind of doing their thing. So, even if it's not, you know, you're not necessarily like seeing them do the whole thing or deliver the sides, like you're definitely seeing like what their setup looks like and the kinds of choices that they're making and, you know, how it's kind of, you know, how they're, how they're doing their thing. So those, if you watch the video and you see those clips embedded, you can definitely um, see what, what is exemplary. Yeah. 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 Well, cause we always know what isn't, I think when yes. you're watching it, you're just like, oh, you don't no. want to know what is it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, uh, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show today, Caroline. I thank you for taking the time to do this with me. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Tammy. It was great to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to get out there and make a film. Reach out to your local filmmakers group to get involved and connect. Please subscribe to the show if you like it and follow me on Instagram at Tammy Madero. Until we meet again, what's your story?